So the time has come to look at this real challenge in the piano repertoire. It's a Patreon request by N. Ladas, and it's some of the most painting piano writing there is about this water spirit or siren on din singing to seduce a young man. Now, there's a lot to be said about this music. It's the first movement of a set of three pieces in Ravel's Gaspard de la Nuit, followed by the haunting Le Gibet, the gallows, and the notorious and frightening Scarbo. And this is all music set from poems. There's a collection of 53 short poems by Aloysius Bertrand that has the same name, Gaspard de la Nuit. And apparently Ravel was very fond of this, and he chose these three to set to music. First of all, Gaspar was the title of something like a royal treasurer in old times. And Gaspar is actually a character in this volume. He appears in the preface as someone who meets the author and hands over the manuscript to the volume. It's very meta-poetry. And there's a lot more to be said about this, connections with literary references and the poems and Ravel. But I will just recommend a book if you want to dive deeper into this. Reflections by Paul Roberts. He's a great pianist and professor at Guildhall, and I had the honor of playing masterclasses for him, playing this Ravel music actually. So there's one chapter on each major work of piano music by Ravel. So the chapter on Gaspar is great. He goes through all the history and the details of these connections. Now, Ondine is probably the easiest to comprehend of the three. And let's just look at the first paragraph of the poem. By the way, the poems are printed in the edition, or they should be, because Ravel very much thought them to be connected with the music. Listen, listen, it is I, it is Undine, who brushes with these drops of water the vibrant panes of your window, lit by the gloomy rays of the moon. And here in gown of watered silk, the lady of the castle gazes from her balcony on the beautiful starry night and the beautiful sleeping lake. So that's setting the scene. Undine then goes on to try to seduce this young man inside the house from outside the window. She wants him to follow her to the palace underwater to become king of the lakes. And normally, if you're a young man and a girl is flirting with you, that's a good thing. But in this case, it's not a good idea. Because he would drown. And in the end, he resists the temptation and Undine leaves him alone. And I will just read one sentence about how this type of poetry works from Reflections by Roberts. Le Gibet, the Gallows and Scarbo work similarly as Undine, drawing the reader into an intensity of imagined listening and seeing. Sound and sight, hearing and seeing seem to fuse. And the clearest example in Undine is towards the end as Undine, shedding a tear as she fails to lure her lover to a watery grave, suddenly bursts into laughter, a sound which, as she vanishes, becomes transformed into a shower of spring rain splashing against the windows. Now, when we turn to the music, we'll see how Ravel translates this wonderful poetic language into his own beautiful music in a masterly fashion. 
So let's start by identifying the thematic material. And there's actually five motifs or kind of material building blocks that interacts in a very complex way throughout the piece. And almost every bar is inhabited by one of these. So three of them are kind of siren song motifs. I would call them type A, type B and type C. And the first one is of course the type A. So it's all the time interacting with the uh, texture, the water shimmering in the right hand, but I'll get to that later. Type B comes on page two, it's higher up and it's like this. And all of these three types, they kind of share the same contour. It's going down a fifth and then back up. So it's a fifth down and back up. And this one, it uh, goes to another note higher. And then type C comes a little bit later. Uh, it goes like this. So it has this whole tone feeling that's a little bit more exotic, if you want. And also type B and type C, they end in the same way. So when we go down, this type of figuration, it's the same in type B. This happened to be the same key as well, but they start in different ways. And then there's another important building block that I would call the closing part because uh, it's kind of closing the music uh, one time early and then it comes back and closing the music late in the piece as well. And it's going downward for a bit longer time and it has these quarter note triplets. So up here. and so on, goes down. And then we have the fifth motif a little bit later in the piece. And it's a complete contrast because it comes in the low register and is pointing upward. It comes the first time like this. So I'm gonna go ahead and call this the Gaspar motif. And I don't mean it like the character, the actual character in the poems, but more like in spirit, because it's something that goes through the whole set in the other two movements as well. There's something not right under the surface, something devious and cunning, and it shows in Ondine in this motif. And it will play an important part in the piece, as we'll see. Okay, so that's our five uh, motifs and building blocks. Now let's see how they are put together. So in the beginning, we get the siren song, type A and type B. Then there's a little bit of an episode with a little bit of new texture, but then we get the closing part. And then there's a moment where it feels like it's starting over again. We go back to only the texture. And we get one bar of only this, which feels like the beginning. And then we get the siren song and now it's type C. 
the whole tone. And this is like a short section, the energy grows a little bit more. And then we get another start again with only the texture. So I think these are like salient moments that you can uh, put a structure on. So now the third time it starts over, we get type A. Now this is much longer part. Basically the whole, uh, the rest of the piece follows from here with no stops and new starts. And here we get the entry of the Gaspar motif. And it's like a dialogue between first the type A and the Gaspar motif. And then we get type C with new texture and it's like a fight with a Gaspar motif starts growing more and more and the climax is a variant of the type C we get to there then we get a return of the closing part uh, with more extended scales all the way as glissando so it's a nice scale and then a final return of the type A but this time it's in minor all the other times it's kind of major but it's now minor. And then we get the final, like, uh, finally the music stops towards the end and it gets silent and we have only a melody and it's the B type that we only had one time before, uh, early in the beginning. Now we get it without the texture. Should be much slower of course when we get here i'm just brushing over the form and then after that is just the final coda basically loose arpeggios we get the laughter from the poem and yeah we get to that in detail later that's basically the form of the piece but now let's start over from the beginning and look at the texture in itself there's uh, so many dimensions and variables in this piece so we have this kind of combination of a trill and a tremolo in a specific uh, intricate rhythm. And it's just super soft, it's water shimmering, like ripples on the surface. Um, I don't think it's too important if you drop a note or two, as long as it's very, very soft. And Paul Roberts makes a great point in the book that every time in the piece, the siren song motifs come with this texture, some kind of watering texture. And it's like Ondine is a water spirit. She is one with her element. They're all the time connected. And it's only one time in the end we hear the siren song without it. And that's a special effect when that comes. But basically Ravel finds these watering uh, textures and this is like the stable one. And he starts to vary it a little bit in octaves later. basically the same just jumping octaves and then we get more freer kind of waves arpeggios and scales up and down and you can look at the score and it looks like a wave here for example and one thing on the first page with this texture in early editions and I think like edition on IMSLP as well it changed the texture after a while to but that's wrong. It should be the same texture as in the beginning. There's no reason for it to change. It will only like make the pianist work much harder for no effect. 
And I have this on good authority. Not only is it uh, explicit in Paul Roberts' book, Reflections, but also my second teacher I had, Thomas Rydfeldt, he took a masterclass from Vlado Palmuter, who was a student of Ravel. And he, my teacher played this, and he said that, Vlado said that it was wrong because he knew from having worked with this, with Ravel, but somehow they made a mistake in the editions and they refused to correct it for unknown reasons. But now I have a Peter's edition uh, that's more newer and they have finally corrected it. So now this is how, like you can still hear recordings with the old wrong texture. So no need to practice that, it's in vain. Okay, and now to the harmony in the beginning. So C sharp major and the A is the plus five and it's vibrating between the fifth and the plus five, creating this amazing sound. And then when the melody enters, The melody enters on the 9th in C-sharp and then goes down to the 7th. And 7 and 9, they are part of the harmonic series, of the overtone series. And there's something of nature in this, that it, it comes on this harmonic series um, that is part of nature in a way. Here, the right hand has to uh, lift the finger that's supposed to be playing because the melody needs to be there. And here we change first from the A natural to A sharp. This is the normal six in C sharp major. And then we all turn also the C sharp to a C double sharp or a D, turning this whole chord to a A sharp seven feels like a B flat seven, but we're in the sharp land here, so. And these two chords, they're kind of from different tonalities. And we're gonna have this a lot throughout this piece, this kind of shifting on one harmony to different lands. staying on this seventh chord. Now we go here. So here we get the type A again in the melody, but it, now it's minor. The progression to this is A sharp seven is the dominant to D sharp. That's how we feel a sense of resolution, even with all the coloring. Now, this next part of the sign song is type B, kind of interrupts in the middle of this. And the harmony here is, is F sharp minor, it's kind of close to the 
D sharp minor, but we change the A sharp to A natural, and we get this F sharp minor and D sharp is the sixth. It's kind of <laughs> can't say exactly what chord, but it's kind of in the same tonality. Some notes are important when they change, and some are just coloring notes. That's part of the scale. But now back. So well now we recognize type A. Now it's an octaves. And the same texture, now it's without C-sharp, so it's a little bit unclear, but it's mostly the same as in the beginning again. And now we get something new. This is like a small episode, because this material never comes back. It still uh, sounds like a siren song, and it's still the same contour going down a fifth, and then back up. But it's kind of get interrupted with this big, now more waves uh, in the accompaniment. Also, we change the texture to have 30 second notes in the left hand, or yeah, mi mix, but you can see it's bigger waves. And, and then it's a progression of three phrases, starting the same but growing more. So it's growing because it's uh, three pianos, then two pianos, then one piano. That's really something. And of course, bring out the melody. This is hard to get the balance here. place is growing but then suddenly piano and big wave as a scale and then back with the same texture so it's basically the same tonality all these three phrases kind of a whole tone C sharp minor maybe or some F sharp harmonics and now, this is augmented plus five chord. It's kind of a open and unstable harmonies, both of these. And then finally, uh, plus five again. And some kind of G sharp major. Going to D sharp nine. And now we get this shifting harmonies again on one chord from another place. But back. Now a super nice wave. To E sharp, it's getting sharper and sharper. Now make how many sharps is in this scale? Nine, of course.
And here we finally reach this moment where we can pause a little bit and take a breath. It's first G-sharp minor, but then turning to major. Here, minor, major. So it's the same G-sharp with a augmented fifth shimmering. Now type C with the whole tone feeling. sharp major and then F minor or with a D so kind of half diminished it's kind of a cadence going back to kind of a modal cadence of some sort we get a repeat of this with an octave and um, octaves in the texture and now bigger waves now the energy starts to grow more than before Again, G sharp to F sharp here, down one scale step. And bigger waves, and these are again chord from another place, like an A7. Back to F sharp major with a ninth and seventh. And again, it's only the texture, but now it's much shorter break because it was a shorter section. Um, but we continue on the same track with now uh, an entry of the type A song. Now we're slightly higher up. And now Ravel starts to vary this texture with waves in the high register. And we get to this place, très doux, très doux, very soft, and you can just revel in the piano magic that he creates here. Just play it super soft, and the melody not so soft. get the Gaspar motif. This comes in kind of C with a minor feeling. You can see all the flats here in comparison to all the sharps in the rest of the piece. So this is again very distant harmonically away. But we go back up and we're back in the A motif and it's kind of stirring more and more. And now we get some waves in the high register. And again, Gaspar. Again, now it's only two piano, uh, not three piano the first time. I mean, it's, it's hard to play all these notes super soft, but the idea is that, at least. And again, it changes key. We're still in some kind of C minor, and then it's suddenly A. 
backup and now we get uh, the new type C again it's in the middle of the voices here a really cool texture and of course harder and harder as you go to piece but uh, yeah it's here chord it's G major with a it's the ninth of course but still okay let me try try to play this with the right texture you get this it's like a small water drops uh, squirting on the top Okay, <laughs> now we get the famous runs of thirds in the right hand. And let's start with the harmony. So we land on this lovely G major, and then it's thrown to... It's thrown to C sharp. So G to C sharp. That's the tritone. Uh, a lot of that here. And then this motif... Now it changes harmony on the second beat as well. Uh, and it's from C sharp to E minor. It's a median up from another key. And then G7 is kind of this three different. Really uh, weird out there. And of course. Something like that in the right hand. I, this is the hardest place in the piece as well as the next part with the climax but you really have to practice a lot and especially the hard thing with piano it's such a orchestral instrument really and we can create these worlds with so many things going on at the same time and that's the real challenge like if I only play it in the right hand it's not that impossible you can practice it then but then we have to play the left hand and shape this in one way and at the same time this is the real challenge of piano playing doing all these things at the same time and creating a world in its own basically that should be full of life time it's continuing it's the full scale up and starting over with a new with F minor and this is actually easier because it's more regular the pattern finally reach this place a G sharp minor and then we're approaching the end of the climax and this is basically is one of the biggest climaxes in piano repertoire that's not an exaggeration 
because it's been going on for so long and it's increasing the energy basically from the start and it all culminates here uh, we have four bars of so D sharp now it's just a scale now F sharp minor now E minor sharp 7 so it's uh, using the whole piano register the left hand is going down and the right hand is going up from here all the way going up the piano and then so G-sharp minor, F-sharp minor, E minor, it's very modal, these minor scale steps and it feels like every time we're going down we find a new source of power in a way and then after the E minor it, we just flip the E natural to E-sharp and we kind of get C-sharp 7 almost and now the climax it's even worse crazy polyrhythms but basically this is just type C a little variant of it uh, it's here so recognize this same melody but instead of going up it's going down but of course we have the texture as well And if you practice this, I think the trick is to do each group by itself and be sure to be together on the eighth notes. So you practice, that's one group, and same right hand, and then like that, and then together so it's the same harmony here it's B minor to G minor to D sharp minor like they're all a median away from uh, from another scale E minor G minor D sharp minor uh, now they're going down here and after the big climax we start to cool down which we're gonna do for a long time and we find this motif that's a little bit new but it's kind of just an echo from from uh, the melody that's been in the climax this dotted and it just comes a couple of times. Yeah, higher octaves. And we slow down and then we get the next page, get the glissandos. Uh, super lovely to play this. Okay, first we're back to all uh, natural. 
key signature. So we're some somewhere uh, G sharp, and then just straight back to A minor. It's kind of a sobering effect. the white keys, now we do the black keys. So the melody here, these uh, quarter note triplets. And change key. It's the same closing group that we have that closes like the first section before the siren song starts again with the normal texture. Uh, now the texture is more refined, expanded with the glissando and also when we get here we get some vamping. This nice harmony. It's actually exactly the same closing part, but then we get here, and this is the type A siren song again, but now it's in minor, G sharp minor. Uh, we've had it in minor in the beginning, but up here, and now we get it in the middle register, it's more full of tone. It's super lovely, and it is a cadence from D sharp 9. So that's the sense of resolution. So it, when we have minor and the ninth, it's the ninth of the scale, the melody. That's a painful dissonance because the minor is third and the nine is super lovely. shape-shifting harmony from another place back and then just as suddenly thrown to D minor that's a tritone away G sharp minor to D minor is very sobering effect like now something is about to happen and here we reach this part where the music just fades away it's silent and we get the melody on its own just the song So this is actually type B, the one we've only had in the beginning. Um, it kind of goes by, but still the ending part of it we've heard more times. And there's a nice detail here. I think in um, some of the editions, it just says one pedal marking on this chord. So then you can play it by keeping the pedal down and you get this amazing sound 
as the background and uh, you let these notes just be in, in the air for a long time with the pedal down. Especially this dissonance. But I'm not sure. In this new edition that I have on paper, not the one I show uh, on video, I have like a, a lift pedal lift marking in parentheses here. So maybe it's not supposed to be so wet with all the pedal. It's like it's a point to do it more sober. Uh, but you can hear both different versions in recording. Anyway, after that final statement of the siren of Undine, we get this famous laughing that transforms into a shower of water on the windows. So this is amazing tone painting by Ravel here. So this is the laughter, ha ha ha. It's a major chord with a flat nine. C major with a D, extra D. And just in this pattern. C, B flat, G, and F. And... a little bit of time to cool down from that on this lovely texture so here we're left with these four notes and this is not a motif that we've heard but it's kind of the core notes of the siren song motifs like any of them it follows the same uh, directions it's going down a fifth and then kind of back up uh, so maybe it's just we're left with the core notes here. I don't know. And it's resolving then to back to C sharp major and it's the exact same chord harmony that we have in the beginning of the piece. And I think you can bring out this third that comes on the second, 30 second note. It's just so lovely to have major third down here and of course it's the A natural is the vibrating with the plus five but now we get it up and down and we eventually let go of all the notes and we're left with a pure C sharp major chord Thanks for watching Sonata Secrets. A Patreon shout out to Jay Leong, X Guo, and M Massimilla.